What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Story Worth Sharing podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Shepard, joined today by the other host. Really, the other. really the host. <laughs> no, I'm the other. It's fine. Well, I mean, to <laughs> you, I'm the other, and to me, you're the other. You're so right. we're, it's fair. we're both That's the a good other. Point. I'm fine with it. But nobody knows what your name is. We haven't said it yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm Emmy. Yeah, Hi. there we go. Emmy. <laughs> Welcome, Emmy, the Thanks. other, Emmy, the, the other. other. Emmy, the other. Yeah. That's a first. It's not how I've been described before. That's better than being the other Emmy. Maybe. Because that would mean there's another Emmy you're and you're right. the other Emmy. We're really confusing a lot of people right now Maybe. this conversation. Maybe they're following along. Maybe. <laughs> I'll give them the benefit of the yes, doubt. Yes, you should, Emmy. It- <laughs> okay, we can say my name <laughs> anymore. I'm done. That's enough. That's way enough. Okay, Emmy, I'll quit saying your name. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, anyway, I... Did you say any way? Nope, I said any way. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm okay. going to walk out of this room right now. No, no. Anyway, um, I woke up with a respect for a certain group of people today. Okay. Um, after I read something, which is usually how it always happens. Anyway, I've always had a respect for baristas, right? Okay, yeah. Especially Starbucks ones. Mainly because, okay, my brother did that for a while. And I remember him coming home with the book of like, you had to learn everything like all of the things it's like I, a binder right and i thought all oh, these i thought there's no way i could recipes do this or whatever, i was like yeah. i would be the worst person and you know how serious people are about their morning coffee or just yes. coffee in general like i'm like yes. i could not do this and then there are some that are super nice which i could do that part but don't make me make the. <laughs> i'll just be the person that takes the orders there someone else yeah. did anyway so i was reading this story and a barista took to Twitter recently. It's always a great spot, okay. right? To yeah. put stuff out. To share a photo of an extremely complicated order that they received from a customer. Yeah. And so uh, they placed a mobile order for a Venti Caramel Ribbon Crunch Frappuccino. Not, and again, co- I know you're not a coffee person, no. Chris, so this is nothing for you. But um, but they did 13 special requests. What? Yeah, and I, I mean, I was like, okay, 13 is not bad, but when you look at it on like the printed out sheet, it gets, it's like 30 lines worth of stuff. That's insane. So much that um, they captioned it when they posted it on today's episode of Why I Want to Quit My Job. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because I was like, I bet this happens all the time. Um, but they were so specific with the requests, including that they wanted exactly seven additional Frappuccino chips. Seven. The, and I'm like, the chips? Yeah, like they're, I guess they're just little chips of like chocolate or something. I okay. don't know. But I'm like, why does it matter? Like, will you know? Will you know? Like, maybe they will. I don't know. But, and and five bananas. So things that they were super specific with amounts. And so this led to other people in the comments posting pictures of ones that they've also received, which were really funny as well. One shared a photo that had a ticket printed with over 30 lines of special requests. And I'm like, how did they even fit that on the That's... paper? And then someone else wanted 27 pumps of vanilla. And this was an in-person customer, so they watched them actually pump 27 pumps. That's, it's like diabetes in so a So, again, I just have really real respect for anyone that does do this yes. for, for a job or a part-time job or whatever. Like, that's a lot of responsibility, yes. and I thank you because I'm sure there are some mean people sometimes. Because humans suck sometimes. Yeah, and I'm yeah. so sorry if you've ever been treated poorly because that's awful, but thank yeah. you. There you go. Thank yeah, you. Thank that, you. That just is your I appreciate it. High five for today. Thank you, service yeah. industry, specifically baristas. Yeah. So what's your go-to? Are you like a Starbucks person? Look, I, I'm i not a big coffee person. Like, I enjoy it. I do yeah. it more of like, coffee sounds good right now. I don't ever need it. Okay. And I feel like I change my order all the time. So you just like switch it up yeah. based on Yeah, I definitely like 
like sweeter coffee. Like I'm definitely like add the cream, you know, yeah. for sure. I don't do the black coffee or anything <laughs> like that. So yeah, but it always changes. I I'm not very picky, honestly. So nice. So I yeah, I don't drink coffee at all. Like not even a little right. bit. I don't enjoy it at all. But I when I go to Starbucks, they have a caramel apple spice, and it's like apple cider. I don't with think I've had caramel. That. It's so good, that and they like amazing. froth it up. Is it seasonal? No, it's always no. on the menu. Okay. It, it, I don't think it's on the printed menu anymore. Uh, okay. But the you can still, menu. I guess, yeah. It's like the you know, the special. You menu. would pick something off a secret menu. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the last <laughs> time I went in, people. I said, "Hey, do y'all still have it?" And the person at the checkout was like, "I'm not sure." And then turned around and one of the baristas like, "Oh yeah." I mean, they pull out like, and I'm sure they know, like they have all the stuff to make a, it anyway. Yeah, it's know? literally they have to be able to have the apple cider because yeah. I don't know if they use that for anything else. But they That's just pull true. out a jug of apple cider and heat it up and pour caramel in it. So it's like not that. You special. made it sound like you diminished how hard that might be for it's <laughs> for someone. It's not thirty lines of special requests. <laughs> let me just tell you. No, it's not. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Well, you know that was actually a perfect intro for today's guest because we have a very special very um, well-renowned member of our staff today, uh, Lindsay ZZ Cox. <laughs> and I don't know, does anybody else call you ZZ? I have family that calls okay, me ZZ. Family. Or just Z. Z, yeah. okay. So my daughters call mm-hmm. Lindsay ZZ um, because she's like Aunt ZZ and they love her very much. But Speaking of service industry, like that's mm. that's kind of your jam yeah. and what you do here at Brad's Fellowship. So first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Now tell us a little bit about you. I'm Zizi. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm the guest services director um, at Brazos Fellowship, so I get to do baptisms and events and help with um, Sundays, special things like Mother's Day and Father's Day stuff and uh, and welcome teams. I have five incredible teams of volunteers that um, make the culture of the lobby and the auditorium and the parking lot and the when coffee service comes back, all those kind of things that make it full of smiles and love and good stuff. Yeah, so you really are kind of the service expert here on staff of uh, you and you said it the word the culture. Yeah, it's like when somebody walks onto our campus that feeling, that experience, that's what your team is really there to help create. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's so important to how people receive Jesus and whatever happens in the auditorium. And I really don't take that moment lightly. I know it's, we kind of bookend the service and we have Mm -hmm. like 15 minutes on both sides really to accomplish it. And I am very serious about it. (laughs) Yeah. Which puts a lot of pressure, right? Because it's like, man, we have a lot that we need to accomplish, not necessarily like task wise, but just that feeling, that emotion, that common experience Mm -hmm. that someone, I don't know, whatever, 78% of statistics are made up, but (laughs) that statistic that says that that someone decides within the first 27 seconds or whatever it is, like if they want to come back, like that's that's Mm -hmm. what y'all really are focused on is that first however many minutes or seconds or whatever and people's experience. So it's important. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's good because it's your job. So (laughs) Great, great. Yes. Well, thank you again for coming on the podcast and and really our goal with this and really, you know, since we started this was just to create a space to help people discover that they have a story worth sharing Mm -hmm. and that it, it doesn't take this like 
earth shattering, although it may include some of those, it doesn't take this earth shattering moment or this like life defining thing that someone's going to write a book about for your story to be worth something to have value because our story has value to us and to the people around us. If we'll just be willing to actually open up and share it. And so that's really what we're trying to do is create that space. And so thank you for coming and being willing to help share your story in this, in this environment. So when you think about the context of your story, when you think about um, things that you've walked through or seasons that you've lived through or things you've experienced, what are some of those moments, those circumstances that you've encountered that you would say, man, this has helped write my story? Yeah. So the first one I would say, I'm so first of all, I'm not from Texas. Sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> she apologized. Like yeah. it's a bad thing. Look, Texans are aggressive about where they're from. Right. Again. I mean, we're proud about being from Texas, but yes. you know what? You got here. And I that's did. what matters. I did. You got here. Yep. So where are you from? I well, okay. I'm originally from Arkansas, but okay. I and then when I was eight, I moved to North Carolina and lived there for ten years. So I say I'm from North Carolina because I've lived there the longest. Yeah. So I'm so after high school, I moved to College Station kind of by accident. That's a very long story that we'll skip. Um, <laughs> but I ended up here and got to go to the greatest university in the world. I think the first hurdle that I had to overcome was um, in 2014. I no longer had family in the state of Texas. Mm. And so my closest family was um, Oklahoma or North Carolina. And it was, I didn't really consider it a hurdle at the time because I consider myself a pretty independent person and able to accomplish things without help, which sometimes bites me in the butt. (laughs) That's fine. Um, But it's difficult to really be on your own, you know, like figuring out holidays, figuring out traveling to places or for you know, events in families' lives. And then, you know, even though I had roommates for a good majority of it, um, you know, they have their own families and their own lives. And just because you live together doesn't mean they're your people. So you still have to have like a, it's a weird tension to live in. And, um, and this is while you're still in school. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. While I was in school. So I really had to be diligent about finding community and serious about pursuing that and getting the right people around me. So that was really my first, I would consider, pivotal circumstance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. My next one, to kind of bring the mood down. <laughs> um, That's what we do around here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a roller coaster of emotions mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. on the Story We're Sharing podcast. That'll preach. Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm joking around, but it's really just, uh, I don't know. Okay, so when I was 19, I was raped. And I haven't really shared that publicly except with, um, uh, like, a handful of people. And, of course, I never thought it would happen to me. And I didn't allow myself to process that trauma. So I kind of pushed forward and kind of worked my junk out on people. And that was not right or okay. And I heard a lot of people doing that. Not a lot of people, but the people that were close to me. And I didn't even realize what I was doing. I kind of allowed it to uh, trash my self-worth, for sure. Mm. Um, I kind of internalized the judgment that I put on myself and, um, you know, as if it was a projection of everyone around me. Like, I had some kind of neon sign on my forehead that somehow people knew and when they didn't. And it made me, I made myself kind of like a social leper over it. And I didn't even, until, I don't know, a couple years ago, realize that that's what I did. Yeah. 
almost as if like damaged goods type yes. of thing. No one would want me. No one. Yep. Yeah. A thousand percent damaged okay. goods. And um, sometimes that's still the case or it'll just hit me. And I hate calling it PTSD, but I suppose it defi- it fits that description. But sometimes it'll just like run me over in the middle of the day doing nothing or, um, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I am a... I'm a believer in counseling and, and working through and bettering yourself. So obviously I have taken to that as a resource that I heavily relied on, but, um, and I feel like I should just say for everyone else listening, if like, that's something that you have gone through also, um, in some form or fashion, please talk to somebody please do not Mm -hmm. do what i did i'm not telling you that what i did was right people want to listen to what you go through and there are a lot of good people even if we're just taking our church as the baseline of people good people in the world there is so many here that would want to listen to you and help you through that so yeah how do you you know you you said that it's still you know even like the ptsd aspect of it it's still something that you encounter carry around how how do you begin to shift as you have processed and and there is no like it doesn't that doesn't go away right it it is a part of your story it's something that you've had to walk through Um, but how do you redeem that Mm. through a lot of hard work um sitting with jesus there was a point where i was sleeping with my bible like i like i was afraid that if I put it down, that's kind of sad, but I was afraid if I put it down, like I'd lose it. Mm. I don't know. I, I think there's a book by, I who I can't remember who it's by, but it's called Get Out of Your Head mm-hmm. or Get Out of Your Own Head. Jenny Allen. Jenny Allen, yeah. yes. I knew it started with a J. Jenny Allen. And um, sh- it's, a, it's a lot about capturing the thought when it comes in your head and changing it. Mm-hmm. And being very intentional about recognizing its existence, validating that it's okay, that that's an emotion, and then changing what the enemy allows it to do to your brain. So good. It's so good. Yeah. If you have not read that book, immediately go buy it right now. Because it has helped me in several different arenas of my life. But my negative self-talk is, it's a foghorn. It is so loud all the time. <laughs> And um, I have to capture my thoughts and rewrite them constantly um, or else I can at the end of the day, I can point back like a like a connect the dots map and I can yeah. tell you exactly mm-hmm. exactly where it went wrong. And um, that's not good. But, you know, it's OK. I think God is still redeeming me. I think that's the yeah. answer to your question. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think that that's super beautiful. And that you give yourself grace to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. This is a work in progress. Yeah. I I hope, and I hear this from what you're saying, like the recognition of at the end of the day, you're not defined as damaged goods based on mm-hmm. any, whether it's that single circumstance or any other thing that you encounter in your life. Like, that's not what gets to define you. But also recognizing, like, I haven't arrived yet either. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I am a work in progress, and God is still doing things in my life. What role would you say um, community has played in this process for you, good or bad? Yeah. So I said earlier, like, if that happened to you, please talk to someone. Of course, people at church would love to hear about it. But I did not follow my own advice there. And um, 
I was so afraid. When I was 19, I was an intern here. And, you know, there, there are standards when you're on a staff at a church that you have to follow. And it, those are good. Those are good for who you are and mm-hmm. how you lead and what you're trying to accomplish and how people see you and et cetera. And um, just the perception of things. And I, I think I, I took that too much to heart. And I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone here because I didn't want them to see me differently um, or to maybe feel like I couldn't accomplish the ministry that I was here to accomplish, yeah. which is not true. And no one told me that. And that was something I made up in my yeah. head. Mm-hmm. So the only people that I had told, and mo- the majority of my family does not know. I think maybe one person knows. Yeah. So, yikes. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's like less than a handful of people that knew. The first person that knew was my roommate at the time. And three friends since then and my counselor. And yeah. that was really it. Yeah. I should have talked to someone sooner, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that's just such a, again, such an encouragement and a reminder that now sitting, not that there is an other side. Again, you haven't arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, never will. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's okay. Yeah. But now sitting removed from that, being able to, to recognize, man, I could have handled that differently. Mm-hmm. And that's that's so hard and so difficult because trauma, it's like, no, be careful, right? Don't mm-hmm. judge the person that just experienced trauma and be like, you should handle that differently. Yeah. You should handle that however you're handling it, right? Um, but there is hope that Christ offers us, mm-hmm. one, through redemption, mm-hmm. but also through the people that he surrounds us with. Yeah. And, and for you to recognize now, like, I think I might have walked this differently or experienced this differently had I let people in or open, opened up. So, yeah. Well, the problem was that I, because I never thought it would happen to me, I didn't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I grew up talking about. Obviously it was like, know your personal space type talk, but not what to do when that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not faulting my parents on that. I'm just, or anyone in like church or whatever. I'm just saying I did not have the resources to deal with that in the capacity that I should have. Mm. And I don't know what the solution would have been to that, but I think there should be resources seriously considered for, and you know, for kids, youths growing up these days, the youths, youths. (laughs) um, so that they at least have something to go off of. Yeah. Anyways, I have one more. Yeah, please share. Pivotal circumstance that's a little <laughs> happier than that. So I was listening to Kayla's episode the other day, and my goodness, I respect the heck out of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was learning. She was talking about learning how to um, navigate post-college life, and that was also something mm-hmm. that I struggled with because I felt like I no longer fit in a box. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't a college kid, and then it seemed like the next box was the uh, engaged young married mm-hmm, Christian mm-hmm. blob and <laughs> the blob. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like I was in limbo and I felt like I was constantly waiting for something to happen to me that I would be comfortable in a new box mm. because I, you know, once I'm in a sandbox, I can navigate that. I can figure it out. But when you're just hanging out, yeah, I have nothing to go off of. Um, And it took me several years to find people out of those normal circles um, and even outside of church to call my friends. Um, So turned out that 
the people that God wanted in my life were my neighbors in my old place. And I, I made me think of that quote. Um, sometimes the greatest ministry you'll ever do is to love the people around you. And I was yeah. like, all right. I love that I was available for that. Yeah. It was very cool. What would you say? Because that is a really big transition. Yeah. Like the post-college transition is very real. And I think one of the most underprepared for transitions in life yes. because you think that, Oh, transitioning from high school to college was, that was the big arrival moment. And then once you get to college, like now you're an adult and you can mm-hmm. figure it out, but it post-college is huge and it is yeah. a train wreck waiting to happen. Mm, yes. But mm. the reality is there will be plenty more transitions in your life. So what would you say is something that you learned that you can encourage someone else with that as you even are going to step into another transition at some point that you're speaking to yourself and reminding yourself, I learned this. I want to make sure that I'm putting this into practice. First that you don't have to find a box to fit in, Mm. like be an individual, do your own thing, explore options, Mm -hmm. that kind of deal. But I, I would definitely say get your finances in order at the beginning of your adulthood so that you can be diligent with your finances to the Lord that you can save because I hope you want to retire someday. You should probably start (laughs) sooner than later. Um, And chances are that you have student debt and you don't want that to Mm -hmm. compound over time and you're going to be miserable and feel like you can't do anything with your life and, be swimming up in your eyeballs in debt. And that's not a good way to live your life with that fear just like in your the back of your mind. Or it's not good for me. Yeah. So if you can handle that, good on you. But the Dave Ramsey stuff works. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. lame at first. You feel like, I know I can't spend $40 on, you know, going to out to eat with my friends every Friday night. I know that. But until you actually see it on paper and yeah. Yeah, see what you're so doing. True. Yeah you don't really see it. So that's what I'd say. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's super good. We look back at all those circumstances you were just talking about, and you talked about the time when you knew you needed to find community and even how God at one point showed you like it was your old neighbors. But if we look at those circumstances, who would you say are people that God has used to walk with you in your journey that have really impacted your story? The first person would be Brian Linder. Um, Yeah. (laughs) He was a former pastor here. Um, He was a kind of... What Sam used to be, I, mm-hmm. I yeah. guess. And what, I guess, he also did welcome teams. He did a lot of things. There were a lot of hats passed around those days. Um, but I remember walking in to meet him because I was just so excited to be at church again. And I brought all my binders and you know, things. And <laughs> I had so all Lindsay, these ideas. I love it. I yeah. know. <laughs> and I sat across from him and I was like, I gave him a pitch about why I wanted to do ministry and what I needed help learning and accomplishing. And he was like, all right, well, I can't pay you right now, but whatever. And I became the church's first intern. And then um, and then he was responsible for getting me my part-time position. He was so great in so many ways, but he really showed me, like, when you're, when you're just attending church, you see one day a week. You see the polished, pretty bit that looks good on mm-hmm, social media, yeah. thanks yeah. to Emmy and Megan. And, um, <laughs> but when you're on staff... You really get to see what it takes to pull off a great experience, um, the type of people it takes to really make a difference, and all their gifts add up to something really magical. And I think Brian 
opened my eyes to um, what the church world was about and the importance of an excellent staff culture. And I know that sounds so lame, but um, it, it was very influential in me being here for uh, eight-ish years. Yeah. So, um. I, I often uh, overlooked stat. It's not really a stat, but something I think you don't even give yourself credit for. Were it not for your like determination to go and have that conversation with Brian and be like, I will work for free. I just want to be here. Amy probably would not be on this staff. Fact. Ryan Williams would not be on the staff. Gabe would not be on the staff. Bailey would not be on the staff. Um, and all of the other people that have since come that were a part of any type of internship mm-hmm. or any type of part-time program that existed. That was not a thing at Brazos fellowship mm-hmm. until you were the trailblazer that said, I just want to be a part of this and be a part of this team and be a part of what God's doing. And God used that and leveraged that into now like a third of our staff has come from your willingness to just say, Hey, I, I want to do this. I want to be a part of this. So yeah, Lindsay doesn't give up easy either. So I feel like that would have been a hard no for someone to give. (laughs) She would have fought for that. I have not really thought about that, but Gosh, the amount of amazing people that we've added to our staff because yeah. of that leadership development program. Wow. Like the cream of the crop people. Yeah. I It started with you. Started with you. It started okay. with you. All right. I'm All telling right. you. So I I got to go in and have a conversation with Sean and kind of pitch, "Hey, let's let's relaunch and let's create this leadership development program." But a big part of that pitch was, hey, we have seen the success of offering something like this in an informal setting because of what Brian did with Lindsay. We know that it can work. We have seen how much she has added and now is a full-time part of the staff. And so it made it so much easier to say, hey, we could do this again because of what you had done and how God had used you to be a, an integral part of what was happening here at the church. And so if y'all could see the look on her face, she is like, <laughs> quit talking about me. That's not true, but it is, it really is. And God, I, ultimately I just say that to just encourage you that God has used each step of the process in a huge way and will far outlive any of our time here um, with just the continued growth and the continued relationships that are formed even on this staff and what God is doing. And and I just think that it's cool that something that, you know, you maybe hadn't even really thought about before, but God's like, Oh yeah, absolutely. I knew what was going on the whole time. So that's super cool. That is, I never once thought that that's what I was doing. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess the next people that (laughs) were very influential in my life, um, were you and Leisha, Chris. So when I moved here, School wasn't my first priority, Um, and so I told God, I need a church, and I need a Bible study. And my first Sunday, I got here way too early, per Lindsay fashion. And um, it was when we were in construction, so I was sitting, like, you know, with tarps across where, like, the (laughs) steps are. And anyways, and I remember finally sitting in the old auditorium and the pre-service slides— there was in-tune Bible study, and I was like, all right, God, say no more. And so I emailed Leisha, and um, I remember driving to y'all's house that first night, and the most vivid memory I probably ever have is seeing all of the cars all the lined up and down the whole street, yep. cul-de-sac. I mean, people were probably parking on the main street. Yes. I just was 
too anxious to notice. And I remember sitting in my car trying to talk myself out of it the yeah. whole time. What the heck am I doing? Like, I'm not outgoing. I'm not social. I'm about to make a fool of myself. How do I? And I remember I knocked and Scout barked. And you were like, don't knock at my house <laughs> ever knock. again. Just come in. <laughs> Just come in. Um, and it was easily the best decision in my life to walk through that front door. I've never been so on fire for the Lord in those four-ish years um, before it was a ministry. And um, the people I learned and from and served alongside were incredibly influential to who I was. And I guess I still kind of like seeing you around so well you're stuck with me so yeah. <laughs> and my kids call you zz yeah. and now scout is your dog yeah it's come full circle yeah wow. the dog that greeted you at the door <laughs> yeah. is now your dog man who, who would have known <laughs> not me yeah <laughs> man those it, those are like you know people joke about the good old days but like those are those are the days mm-hmm. man like sitting in the living room and just having just students huddled up on a weekly basis. And I was just talking about this with somebody the other day and it was like, there was, there was no agenda. It was just like, Hey, if people show up next week, I guess we're going to have Bible study. We're just going to like, we'll see what happens, you know? Uh, But it, man, it was just, it was great. And I started thinking about some of the people that were sitting in that circle and um, just how God used them in the same way that you were a trailblazer that we just talked about. Like, I feel like, so many students, yourself included, that circled up in that living room just set the stage and the foundation for what God has done for years to come. So it's it's super cool. We just finished our seventh year of 242. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. And then we had all of what you were talking about before that. So, wow. yeah, it's it's crazy. I was, I, went, I was doing the math. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Suddenly everyone feels old. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Chris is like, thank goodness, there's more people that can yes. join me now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I did turn 39 not too long ago, so I'm really old, but... Oh, it's not old. Yeah. I feel old, so he's ancient if I feel old. There you go. <laughs> I didn't say it. I just wanted to know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, it it has always been such a pleasure to be it, there have been a lot of fun conversations with you good bad ugly indifferent <laughs> mm-hmm. um but the thing that i i think that it's important to recognize and i'm not saying this about myself i'm saying this about you meaningful relationships are not always fun mm-hmm. but they're always worth it yes. and there have been a lot of moments in our relationship that were not fun yes. for myself for you whatever but it has always been worth it. And I've grown so much and learned so much because of you. And I think that sometimes when we face difficulty or when we run into um, tension, our natural instinct is like when you were sitting in the street and you're trying to talk yourself out of it. It's like, it would be so much easier for me to turn my car back on, mm-hmm. put it into drive mm-hmm. and leave. And God's like, no, I want you to do the hard thing because it's worth it. Yeah. And just get out of your car, go knock on the door and step into a circle of people that it's going to feel really awkward and uncomfortable, but I'm going to use it to, to shape the rest of your life. Yes. And oh, so worth it. So good. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't drive away. Me too. I, you know, sometimes I play it out like, what would have happened if I actually left that night? And it's worse than <laughs> what existed after in real life. So, man, I'm very grateful. Yeah, yeah, very for grateful. sure. That's awesome. You, you've talked about this some um, in in your journey with community and in even recognizing the importance of and uh, we're big proponents of counseling and having people speaking into your life. What are some of the 
primary lessons you've learned? And we talked about this a little bit with transition and like managing your money and uh, recognizing you don't have to fit into a box. But what are what are some lessons that you continue to carry with you that you have learned along the way because of your story? The first and I think the biggest lesson I learned, um, it was post that rough situation when I was 19. Coming out of those days, I think, you know, I was very much struggling with my self-worth. Maybe not as much as at first because I was like, hey, we're going to forget about this and move on. Um, Not good. And I really did feel like once it really hit me, um, I felt like I really lived a lie. Serving in a church, supposed to be living a life that God would be proud of, and I tanked it. And I'm also an Ennea one, so I am my worst critic, and I hate when I don't live up to my own expectations. But mm-hmm. anyways, I was I remember reading in 1 Samuel a long time ago when King Saul was kind of losing it, and David was about to replace him. And there's a verse in there that says, the hand of favor passed from Saul to David. And those less than 10 words wrecked me because I was like, wait, can, can the favor of God be removed from me? Mm. Does that mean that God no longer trusts what I can do for his kingdom and therefore anything I touch will crumble? And there was a week, maybe more, but definitely a solid week where I had absolutely convinced myself that God did not want me anymore. Wow. And I asked one of our former pastors, Dawson, can a person lose favor with God? And he said, I think we have to define favor before we can answer that. And so after a couple of hours, in true Dawson fashion, um, we determined that God's favor and God's love were synonymous and that one can't exist without the other. And in the instance of Saul and David, it was more that in regards to leading Israel than it was to God removing his love from Saul. Yeah. Um, and then Jesus came mm-hmm. along exactly. and kind of sealed yeah. that deal for us anyway. So I think uh, truly that was one of the biggest lessons I've ever had to learn in my life that I already believed that God did what he did or, you know, Jesus did what he did for us on the cross. I already believed that. Yeah. I was working at a church. I was in ministry, serving as much as I possibly could, spending every waking moment at the church that I could. And this was something that I struggled with. Yeah. And I'm so glad Dawson, it was always my person to ask big theological junk questions to. (laughs) And he delivered. So, Um, and then the second uh, thing I think was really important for me to learn I have to preface this with the idea that I I never thought that I was the center of my own world, but at the end of the day, I'm very aware that I am the only one responsible for my life Mm -hmm. and the decisions that I make to move my life forward. Um, Nobody else's. So I kind of lived my life looking through that lens. Um, And then one day a couple years ago, it just clicked that there are going to be a lot of really awesome things that I get to start that I won't get to see through to the end. And I think it helped me organize my priorities in my ministry and my friendships and my relationships with my family. Um, It showed me what was worth seeing through and what needed to be passed on to better hands that were more equipped or, you know, and I don't know. And I guess I realized that Sometimes the greatest thing we'll ever do is set up for the person after us. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of, I love what I do and I, ha- I just have to be very intentional about 
bringing people alongside me to see what I see um, so that they can make it better. Yeah. 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 That's, that's so beautiful. And I'm reminded, and I don't know the address. And so I'm a terrible pastor, but the verse that says that there is joy both for the one who sows and for the one who reaps. Mm. Right. And sometimes in some seasons we get to do both. We get to sow that seed and we get to reap the harvest. But there are a lot of seasons where we sow the seed and we're not around Mm, to reap the harvest or, or that harvest moves into another Mm -hmm. location, whether geographically or just life stage or whatever. And so then someone else is the one that continues that to work with and and then gets to celebrate the harvest with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And man, it is a lot more fun to reap the harvest than it is to sow the seed, to till the ground, to do the hard work, to remove the rocks and the weeds and the thorns. And I was even reading in Mark chapter two the other day where Jesus is talking about how there's different, four different soils, right? And that when the seed falls on the path versus the rocky soil versus the thorny soil versus the good soil. And I so often think, oh, that's just four different types of people. Which type of person are you? Mm -hmm. But I really think that Jesus was saying, hey, it is our job and responsibility to help people become good soil and that means that we're going to have to put in the hard work. And I think that anything we put our hand to, whether that's ministry or that's relationships or that's community or that's whatever that is, like putting in the hard work, but there may be a season where we aren't the one yep. that gets to see that good soil mm-hmm. reap a harvest. Yep. But does that diminish the work that we put in to help remove the rocks or to mm-hmm. help move someone along that journey? Absolutely not. And that's why the promise is there is joy for the one who sows, even if you never see the harvest. And so I think that's a hard lesson and an uncomfortable lesson because it is a selfless lesson. Mm. It's a reminder this isn't about me. This isn't about what I can do or what I can accomplish or the recognition I can receive. Um, And so, man, I think that's super, super powerful that you recognize that and and then get to this place where you're like, okay, God, I'm going to be faithful with where I am and what you've entrusted to me and going to trust you with what comes next. Yep. Absolutely. It's awesome. I know I've said this to you before, Lindsay. I feel like you are super wise. You give some of the best advice yes. and like really helpful tips. And I don't think you always are aware of it, but you do Retweet. like me and Bailey talk about it all the time. You don't even know. Um, <laughs> but I think it'll be helpful for other people to hear some of the things that you do that are what we call private disciplines that have helped you in your walk in your journey that you've used in the past or like things that you're doing today that can help you grow and continue going in the direction that God's called for you to do. Yeah. Biggest thing that I do every year, I choose a word. And I think pastor will talked about this many years ago and I just kind of borrowed it and kept <laughs> doing it. Um, and so I usually, I know what my word is going to be like October, November of the year before, because that's when God's like, all right, here's a transition for you and then um, throw something at me and then I kind of have to filter it into (laughs) a word. And then I, you know, for a good month, kind of pour over scripture and look at where all those words are mentioned um, in verses and then I pull them together and pull out a message and then God usually is just like, ding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like that. I know. (laughs) It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, for example, last year my word was forward, and my verse was Philippians uh, 3.13, forgetting what's behind and reaching forward to what's ahead. And then 
this year my word is better. Uh, Luke ten forty two. Few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken away from mm. her. And gosh, that's just that story. Mary and Martha is one of my favorites. There's so much to glean from that story. But I choose a word each year because. I am very scatterbrained. There's a lot going on up here, and it's a very <laughs> scary place. And sometimes, which is why you're so wise. <laughs> no, it's really not. Um, but because I'm, I feel like a, I'm running around like crazy. I need to really filter it down to a word or a lens that God can really speak to me through. Because sometimes I'm no, all the time I miss things that He wants me to see. Mm. Um, but when it's through those specific frames of mind, it helps me to listen better, I would say. And then I I read fairly quickly. So when I'm doing quiet time or reading, you know, my Bible, I have I try and carve out a time to physically copy scripture verse by verse. Um, because it I no longer scan the scripture. I actually write it out so it doesn't. I'm not very good at writing things out to memorize them, but um, it helps me slow down and process that's the good. story faster or yeah, qu- better than than I would just reading it. Mm. Um, and audiobooks are a wash for me because they never go fast enough, and then I lose my attention, <laughs> and then I'm oh, yeah. thinking about my grocery list, yeah. and yep. yeah. it never helps me very much. But um, and then I just I read books. I constantly seek out information. I listen to many different speakers and messages from different churches and. I just, I think I spent a lot of time in my childhood allowing other people's faith to speak for me. And when I got to college and um, you, you know, Chris, you would always pull teaching from so many different people and authors. And I, it opened my eyes to what there actually was because I, I didn't know. I just went along with what everyone fed me. Yeah. Um, but seeking that out myself and continuing to do that has been incredibly influential to my faith. What is uh, one of the best books you've read in the last six months? Six months, Jordan Peterson, uh, 12 Rules for Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I'm a, you know, I'm a philosophy major or was, so it's very kind of philosophical and theological and mm, leaning towards existentialist, but it's so good. <laughs> and he has a second book and I'm in the middle of it and man, it's so good. Nice. Yeah. I'm That's awesome. How do you take all of this, everything we've talked about, the lessons you've learned, the people that have impacted your life, the things that you've walked through, how you have these disciplines in your life, how do you take all of that and let it shape the outcome? The, the, not the outcome, the outflow, like the overflowing of your life, the way you interact with the people around you, the way that you connect with people, not just in a church setting, but who you are as a person. How does all of this come together to impact that? It's your so what? Yeah, that's my so what. I was just <laughs> trying to knew. mix it up. Yeah, she knew. She she's been around. Know. She's been around. Yeah. So literally, pretty much every other podcast I've said so what, but I knew yeah. you knew that question, so I was like, <laughs> I'm going to say it differently. But there we go. So what? <laughs> I think in my time here, I have really learned how to value people as ends and ends in and of themselves instead of a means to an end. Mm. So I think. I think a lot of us get in a in a rut in just thinking about who a person is to them and what they can do for us personally and um, appreciating people around me for who they are um, and what they can do and the gifts that they have is 
so important to me and I just want to leave people better than I found them. I want, it's not about being remembered for like me personally. It's just reflecting a person's worth back to them. And I want my friends to know that I love them and the people around me to know that I love them. Um, and I'm not very good at that because I do have a bit of RBF and um, <laughs> I get very focused and determined and I don't always communicate that very well. But um, I just want them to know that I love them for who they are and what they're capable of, not what they can do for me. Yeah. So good. I love it. I love you. Thanks. I'm thankful for your friendship. And uh, I love that we have been able to do so much life together. And I love, and I think that it's super encouraging and inspiring, uh, just your transparency with your journey and even just what you've talked about today, highs and lows. Yeah. But even that conversation with Dawson Mm -hmm. and the fact that you are so open and transparent about like, man, I have questions. I have doubts. Mm -hmm. I don't always know the right answer and I'm on staff and I'm supposed to, and you had said like, you feel this pressure of being on staff at a church. Like you're supposed to have the answers or have it all together, but just your willingness to invite other people in and say, Hey, I don't have it figured out. Um, maybe maybe we can help each other in this season. And I think you have just always exemplified that really, really well. Um, and it is super challenging and encouraging to me. And Emmy was sitting over there nodding her head. So I think that the Full same agreement. is true. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for building a space for people to talk about their stories. That's really cool. Really. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Well, we're not going to let you off the hook yet. Okay. We have one more thing before we let you go. Okay. Yeah got to you know spice it up keep it fun so we're going to do what we like to call favorite things favorite things yeah and so emmy has she just has a list of things she's gonna okay. just ask you hey what's your favorite fill in the blank okay i kind of got you ready already asked yeah. you what your favorite book from the last six months was. so it's, yeah. it's, it's stuff like that so but i want to say two of my favorite things about Lindsay before Ooh, we do this oh yes oh, no. since so, we're doing favorite so, things come on i get to do this so if you don't know me and Lindsay work right beside each other our desks are next to each other in our little cubicles even though we don't get to see each other because there's a giant wall. But <laughs> it kind of makes it worth it for these two reasons. So one, Lindsay will just bust out laughing. And so I know she's <laughs> listening to something so funny. And uh, I love it because it's just like so subtle. It'll come out of nowhere. But then awesome. it makes me laugh. And then the second thing is she will randomly, and I love this, but if there's, if there's like a news headline, like she'll share it with me, which is great because I don't look at the news a lot. <laughs> so she'll share that. But she'll also like give me song requests. Like what was the last one you gave me that so- she likes soundtracks, right? Don't you really appreciate it? Oh, man. So she like shared one recently, but I'm always like, add that to the list, add it to the list. <laughs> but anyway, she's just great. <laughs> Samuel Kim, That's Star Wars yeah, epic yeah, main yeah, theme. I did listen to it. Um, admittedly, I saw it on a TikTok combined with, a, with another band song and you need something good. epic to listen to. That's my pick. But yeah, there you go. Those are two of my favorite things. But I'm going to ask you some of yours. So okay. are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite animal? Dolphin. Bottlenose. Wow. Did, I had, she knew. I had no idea. She also, knew. she looked right in my eyes yes. and said it. Full confidence. Into your soul. No hesitation whatsoever. It's also her spirit animal. Yeah, I can tell. That makes sense. What's the fa- uh, a favorite place you've traveled or somewhere you want to travel? You can pick either. Um... Australia was my favorite place. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. been twice. I remember you telling me. That was great. Yeah. What's your favorite hobby? New hobby. Um, embroidering things. Really? Yeah. Is that hard? No. There's there's like a, you know, like 10 or 12 stitches that you learn. And then okay. 
you just look at things and so figure it out yeah figure it great. out great <laughs> sounds simple enough sounds super complicated <laughs> okay what's your favorite emoji the one with the little smile with the little hands i use hands. that one all the time yeah. like the blush cheeks yes i love that one i don't know what it means but i, I use either. it a lot for different things i think it means i'm here for it <laughs> oh good no good i'm glad that's the interpretation okay what's your favorite color yellow i knew that like she's the sun yeah <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite music artist um or song if it's easier to pick one song no it's harder okay well can try. i pick a composer sure yeah i figured honestly that's such what you, a philosophy I, I major that's what, can i pick a composer i figured that's what she was going for so i just expected you to say it han zimmer i knew it yeah I, yep he's good okay mm-hmm. what's your favorite store or brand like for clothing <laughs> i really shop at old navy and that's yeah. it Ew. that's good that's that makes good. me feel good you you should what's your favorite tv show Criminal Minds. Okay, I like that one too. Do you? Are you able to watch it at night? I can't watch it. At night. There are some that I can't. I really can't. There's got to be I Sunny can't. Day. Why <laughs> Yeah, or Supernatural, which is weird for a yeah. church staff person to say, but I really love that it's show. Good, it's a good show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, what's your favorite movie? Pride and Prejudice, the Kira Knightley version from two thousand and five. Yeah. yeah, there's no other version. Oh my gosh, I can quote that movie, and I think. I have to credit Jenna Hart for introducing oh, yes. me to this movie. Yeah. Um, because any bad day that I have, or good day, really, it's just it's just any day. All around. Yeah. Shout out, Jenna. Yeah, shout out, Jenna. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite book? Ever. Besides the Bible. Oh, my gosh. Ever? I know. It must be hard. I, I, can't, I can't pick one. Um, there's a series. Okay, I have to say, aside from Harry Potter. Uh, and yeah. I listened to the fact that you... <laughs> Did not read Harry Potter, and I I'm very not. upset I with you. I still have not read Harry I Potter. Knew. Don't deprive your daughters. I've I'm, read I'm gonna buy them. Honestly, that was more of why you got my reaction because it was like Lindsay needs to know this. <laughs> that was why I. That was what I was thinking. Hey, I'm just glad to know someone listened to the podcast. So <laughs> I did my homework. There you go. You shouldn't be surprised at that. Um, besides the Harry Potter books, there's a series um, called the Guardians of Time trilogy that I read in middle school that I still have. And 13 years later, after she beat cancer, she released a fourth book. And oh, I wrote it. Wow. Marianne Curley. And she's Australian. Unintentional connection there. <laughs> but I messaged her recently on Instagram. And I was like, look, here's this. Here's a story. I just found you wrote this book. I just read it. And she responded to me. And she was like, I'm so grateful. She loves Jesus. And I was like, Marianne Curley. I'm going to meet you one wow. day. Wow. That's yeah. so I cool. That. I love That's her. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite holiday or season? Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Okay. Fall is my favorite season. That makes like sense. a typical white girl. No, you own it. No. It's well, for you, it's Lindsay. True. It's for <laughs> What's your favorite flower or plant? Are you a plant person? Yeah. It's figured. Okay. Um, daisies are probably my favorite. I love that. Yeah. They're simple. Um, favorite superhero? Iron Man. Why? Why not? You answered really... Well, I was just saying that was really quick. Most people take a minute to think about it, but she was like, yep. Um, I mean, you're right. He is great. The nerdy answer is the character arc throughout over a decade of film Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is incredible that that can happen over such a long period of time. Like, even Harry Potter... He's the same 
kid throughout the whole thing. He is he he does not pay attention to his surroundings. He is unhelpful. He would not have survived without his friends. And Iron Man is over here ruling the world, but learning to be super <laughs> humble. Comparing, all right. Yeah, I love it. No, I love it. Yeah. Good enough for me. What's your favorite food? Hmm. I would say Greek Mediterranean food. Um, if I could live in Shiraz I Kebab agree. House, I would. It's the that's my favorite food too. I love it. Mm. Favorite ice cream, cookie dough. Best choice. <laughs> Who's your favorite person to work with? Just kidding. Don't answer that question. <laughs> but I, okay, if you can see Lucy's face, her eyes went up like she was really thinking about it. Now. Pastor Which Will. Which one am I going to say Pastor, today? Always Pastor Will. Pastor always Will. Pastor Will. <laughs> Definitely not Pastor Sean. Uh, oh. Oh no no no! I <laughs> like him no, too. No, no. He calls uh, me his chief um, chief editing officer because he sends me emails and yes, messages and yes. whatever to edit, and he loves yeah. that. Yeah, you crush it. So. You're, you're his editor, editor-in-chief. Yeah. It's great. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Lindsay. Yeah. It's been great. It's been a fun conversation. I think that uh, you should keep sharing your story. Thank you. And if you're listening to this, I think you should also be sharing your story. Everybody has a story that is worth sharing. Um, even in the moments where we may not recognize the value in it, someone else is going through the exact same thing. And maybe the value is that you need to be reminded you're not alone and that sharing your story will help you see that. And maybe that that's enough of what you need to know today. So, Emmy, Yes? <laughs> you know I'm going to cut out that long pause, right? Like so, it's just going to be like I said, Emmy, and you said yes. Well, let's try it again. Emmy, yes, Chris, what's up? That's the end. I'm so sad. This one was so fun. I felt like Can uh, we spent another hour talking to Lindsay. <laughs> what is it like, Elmer Fudd? No, it's Bugs Bunny. That's all, folks. Oh, that's all, folks. It's the piggy. What is the pig? Oh, it is the piglet. What's his pig. name? I don't know. Oh my, Porky Pig. Porky, Porky Pig. pig. Yeah, yeah. He comes out of the the, the yeah. yeah the circle. The circle. The, 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 that that that's that's all, folks. Wow, what a memory. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to watch it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to see if we could leave it and just let it hang right there. <laughs> Some people do. They literally just die off, and I'm it always just, like, "That's so interesting." It's over. Yeah. Okay, well, now it really is. It's over. It's over. Until next time. See ya.